What's happening, people? Welcome back to another episode of the Mini Adult Troubles. My name is Ayushukla, and I am your host for today's podcast. I have with me Rashi Kakkar. She is like a Batman, donning different caps come day and night. In her own words, a strategy consultant when the sun is up, and content writer when it hits the horizon. An SRCC alumni falling through her dreams after completing MBA from University of Toronto. uh thank you so much ma'am for taking out time for doing this podcast thanks ayush thank you so much for having me right so i would uh, like just like to go to the questions directly so i know that you are army brat right so mm-hmm. uh, every my mama is like a army a person as well and i've seen him you know grow through the years he uh, like all of his family goes through multiple transfers so how did those years shape your mm-hmm. character and how you as a person you know you were into sports and all that so just can if you if you can go back to that time sure so i think uh, i mean one of the fundamental uh, knowns being an army child is that you know moving and change is going to be a constant in your life like you mentioned yeah. uh, transfers uh, every 2 to 1 and a half years was pretty much the reality of my life growing up and um, i went to about nine different schools um, as a kid you know spent a lot of time in different cities etc and i think what that does is it opens you up a to just you know different uh, people understanding different perspectives like i went all over india you know from calcutta to delhi to srinagar to pune chandigarh yeah. etc and it really opens you to a the you know beauty of that is india but also how uh, different parts of the country uh, think a little differently how uh, people are slightly different from each other in different parts of the country and right. also i think as a human being it made me very adaptable i think as a child of course you know like most children i would hate the fact that uh, i have to pack up and go again i used to tell my parents i've just made friends why do we need to leave again it was yeah, hard yeah. but i think uh, what that really did um when when i look at myself as an adult now i think it really helped me uh, you know a become a super confident individual but also just learn to uh, you know walk into a room full of strangers and come out with a few friends so i hmm. think just having my uh, and in fact both my parents were in the army not just my father so my mother was in the army too and i think having both my parents in the army yeah. was um, you know was an was a experience which um, uh, really shaped me as an individual and it's a large part part of who i am came from my childhood being spent uh, uh, moving around in cantonments got it so i think you did not have a lot of problem uh, shifting to canada then <laughs> I mean, those are different challenges. I think when you leave your country and come, it's a, it's a, a completely different challenges. But quite honestly, I, uh, you know, I always enjoy getting into a new place, learning about a new, um, you know, culture, meeting different people. So right. yeah, it, it wasn't as rough as it would have been. Got it, got it. So I've been reading your blogs and among other things, you mentioned that you know your origin story of finding yourself and all that from your mm-hmm. childhood, teenage years to where you are today. So can you just go through that? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, do you want me to just talk about just my story per se, and or just the concept of what I what I call origin yes, stories, yes, a little or yes. a little bit of both? Uh, yes, little bit of both would be better. All right, perfect. So, so I guess uh, when we think about origin stories, just for you know people to yeah. understand what we mean by that is, um, I spent some time uh, working in brand consulting, and typically. you know when you think about brands be it nike you know be it amazon that oh jeff bezos started off and there's this picture of jeff bezos sitting in this old looking office you know working hard at work etc these are uh, these are origin stories 
where it's not necessarily the day when something got incorporated or the day a brand was formed right. but stories around you know how they reacted to certain pivotal moments in their journey which kind of shapes their identities the way yeah. say amazon keeps saying it's always day one here etc yeah so similarly just using that lens as as a human being you can also figure out what is your origin story and you know what are those incidences in your life which have kind of uh, shaped you to be a certain person so in my in my case um my mom when when she was pregnant with me she had a difficult pregnancy i was um, you know she was in and out of hospital she spent most of her pregnancy in the hospital and there was um, a lot of um, you know a lot of doctors at that time actually felt that i may not uh, uh, survive mm-hmm. so so for me that itself the moment the fact that i kind of you know fought odds uh, against me the fact that i had uh, super supportive parents who kind of believed in me and yeah. brought me into the world is very fundamental to who I, who i am so you know that actually in a strange way just my being born is and hearing that story being told to me by my parents by you know uh, my my uh, grandparents etc uh, made me somewhere feel that okay you know i will be a fighter cuz i did that even before i came into this world and then um yeah. you know that so that that that's a big event for me in my life uh, another big event for me in my life uh, was at age of i think i was 3 or 4 i forget, forget exactly how old but mm-hmm. um around about that time in delhi i'd come to visit um, my grandparents in delhi with my parents and i got lost in a market and for a child to be lost uh, you know it's it's obviously the parents must were super stressed out and this is back in the early 90s with no cell phones etc Yeah. And then a stranger found me this complete strange man and he brought me home. So I think that wow. again to me so I I mean we can go into that story and there's a lot there but the fact yeah. that you know some person who I mean I'm in a lot of ways think think of that person as you know a guardian angel who came because the odds yeah. of a four year old girl going missing in Delhi and coming back home untouched completely safe is so rare. Yeah, yeah. That that incident when I think about it it made me realize that there is also good in the world right like a lot yeah. of times when we um look at the world we we just uh, hear about incidences of people being horrible to each other or yeah, yeah. a lot of the violence such as the negative aspect is amplified but for me I keep saying that I I trust strangers also and I always see the good in everybody because somebody in the world who I have no idea who this person was he found mm. me he safely took me back home and and my grandfather wanted to reward him and give him um you know some money as a reward he actually refused that and just left right like he came brought me home and then just left from our life uh, because he said that that was just the right thing to do and he wasn't doing it for any wow. financial reward etc wow. so I think yeah, that yeah. again um Uh, was super when i think about my life uh, you know like super pivotal um in in my kind of origin story because um made me have this fundamental uh, yeah uh, yeah trust trust in people and uh, situations and i think um after that the other third thing that i uh, think a lot about uh, from my childhood which was super impactful was um, uh, my father was posted uh, in shrinagar during the kargil war he was um, you know he was he was there my mother at that time was doing a super specialization she's a doctor yeah. so she was uh, uh, you know doing uh, um, i mean she was doing like if you could think of it as a fellowship at all india medical institution and i was 10 and you know my brother was 8 and i remember my my father was obviously in shrinagar and my mom would uh, leave for work by 7:38 and be back some nights you know by 7 o'clock in the night but she used to always tell me that you know you're 
my elder child, uh, you're the elder daughter, and you have to be responsible for your younger brother, even though mm-hmm. I was 10 and he was eight. So mm. I remember as a 10 year old, you know, sitting down and making sure, and of course we had grandparents and we had, it wasn't like we were left alone to fend for ourselves. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, I, I would, as a 10 year old, make sure I'd ask my brother, oh, have you done your homework and sit down and, you know, we should do our homework. And if we have any questions, then when mama comes back, we'll ask her. But getting that sense of responsibility early, knowing that, you know, I have to be responsible for myself, yeah. get my work done, um, feeling that sense of responsibility towards my brother, I think also helped me. Um, develop as somebody who uh, you know takes on a lot of ownership and that's something that keeps coming up at work that you're someone who takes on ownership you're someone who gets things done right and I think um, a couple of the incidences when I think back and I obviously will not go through the entire story because that's That's it can be super boring for somebody Mm -hmm. but I think uh, precisely but but what I do feel is that uh, you know if people sit down and actually think about this on their own that what are those two three pivotal incidences that happened in the early years and how is it how is that shaped them to who they've become today i think it's a super powerful exercise to do by yourself right um, yeah, and yeah. so you know um, it's like meditation that's why i wrote that little blog yeah. post uh, yeah. Yeah. to a large extent yes i think it, it is um, meditation to the point that you sit down quietly and you think right and this is yeah. not something that will happen in a day like sometimes you've got to keep letting these thoughts um, you know, think right. about them for like months sometimes yeah talk yeah, to people yeah, so yeah. yeah it's a pretty powerful uh, tool right and i mean from the listener's perspective it's definitely wow what a cool story but when you go back to that time when you were three four it's actually very very you know a rare unique goodness that the guardian angel did so i mean right all right so uh, i think uh, one of the things you have showed a keen interest in is social issues uh, be it equality, gender discrimination, and that, all that sort. And now that you just told your story, you can, you know, go back and your whole life, it, you, like you are like a warrior, you are, you know, you take responsibility and all that. So it makes sense that way. And you also happen to be a mom now, along with being a professional consultant. Mm-hmm. So how do you propose one to go about educating individuals about such sensitive issue, issues, you know, be it gender discrimination, equality, or all that we see? Sure. So I think when it comes to, I mean, one big reason is, you know, I I write, right? And I think that's, uh, I can't personally be present in every situation uh, and meet every person that there is to meet. Yes. But I think writing and the internet, that way is a great place, right? Like you write a blog and, you know, you you share it and some people resonate with your writing and they share it further. And hopefully it reaches uh, a few people. And even if like one or two people kind of, you know, open their minds or think a little differently, I, I count that a win, right? Yeah. Besides that, what I feel one of the best things you can do is role modeling. Like I come from a family of, um, uh, you know, pretty strong um, women. My my grandmother, uh, you know, this is back in pre-independence India. She uh, was a master's student. She did a lot of social work. Um, she helped, she did a lot of work with, you know, the refugees when the partition happened. Uh, my mother's a doctor. My mother has two sisters. Both of, one of them is a doctor. Uh, the other one, um, uh, you know, is, is a pretty senior executive in the corporate world in the U.S. So I think yeah. I've had role models around me. My parents have always raised me to believe that. I, I mean, in my house, I have, it's me and my brother and gender never really came up. I don't think like we were ever treated differently at all. Like my brother knows how to cook and I know how to play cricket. And, you know, it was never just right. even brought up. And I think that role modeling. Wow. help me yeah, see the yeah. world a certain way and that's what that's what I want to do right so like tomorrow with my daughter 
I don't want her to believe that just because she's a woman, she's a girl, she's any different from a boy. If her interest lies in, you know, a certain, let's say if she wants to be a civil engineer, so be it, right? Like people may think that maybe that's not the best profession for a girl, but I don't think those things matter. Similarly, right. Very um, you know, right. like, like if she wants to play, exactly, if she wants to play with Hot Wheels, and Barbies, like it's okay to play with both. Like you, I oh, played with yeah, yeah, Hot yeah. Wheels that my like we had in the house, and my brother also like, you know, my dolls were them. We make stories yeah, around yeah. it. So tapes, basically. Yeah. To your point, how do essentially to your point about how will I go about educating people? I think writing is definitely one, and second is role modeling. Right, whoever meets me and comes in my circumference of like influence, hopefully just through uh, observation realizes that you can you know, be a certain way and hopefully that changes some minds. Right. Got it. All right. So uh, I read this in one of your blogs, you know, there was this question, if wearing a wedding ring to an interview is a good idea. And uh, this was related to corporate Mm -hmm. and and such positions and all that. So uh, listeners or even people in general don't understand why this is a, you know, why this is even a question, like if wearing a wedding ring to an interview is a good idea. Mm -hmm. But in real sense, because you are, you like you are part of like organization you are a consultant what exactly happens you why is this even a question like why should a like wearing a wedding ring why should we be a problem at all sure and i and i think the thing to add there is that this question was asked by a woman and i and i think it's again one of those things that you know it's around stereotypes and perceptions right like yeah. there is um an unconscious bias uh, where people assume that just because a woman, um, you know, is in a relationship, is married, will tomorrow have children, etc., she will be less maybe inclined to her uh, professional ambitions, or you know, she will not be as committed to work. And then those same stereotypes are never, uh, you know, nobody ever thinks of a man becoming a father and says, "Hey, you will now, you know, be less involved in your work and more involved with your children." So I think mm-hmm. when this person asked me this question, it's it's strange, but it's it's something that a lot of women face. It's a strange dilemma because you know that a job market which is very competitive, and yeah. this was somebody who was doing her MBA, and typically, you know, people doing the MBAs abroad, the average age is like 26, 27, around about the same age when a lot of people get married, and in a couple of years, it's pretty natural for a lot of people to start a family, right? So her thinking was that if I wear the ring and if just that is the bias that the recruiter has and they don't give me the job, uh, should I just like at that point pretend that I'm single if that just helps me get the job, right? And I think it's very Mm -hmm. unfortunate that sometimes women even have such dilemmas where they have to hide a very important part of themselves, right? Like why should you hide the fact that you're a mother or or the fact that you've got a husband in the house? I think it's more important to recognize uh, what the workplace can do to make it more supportive uh, for for just in general young parents right I, I think like right now we've got a five-month-old daughter at home and mm-hmm. while it's difficult on me it's also difficult on my husband right so I think uh, being able to honestly articulate this being able to realize that you know um, when you have a young child um, that yes there are certain demands um, raising a young child which is super important by the way for like human civilization that women take on this you know, women get pregnant and they progress the human race forward. Yeah. I think it's important to recognize that biases come in play and people um, can, you know, say things um, like I remember on Twitter, somebody commented that, oh, my manager uh, is pregnant and, you know, therefore she's doing a lot less work and we're being super lenient. And I don't think that's fair because 
um, being pregnant, having done that once, it's a lot on your self, physical and mental. And the fact that, you know, you're still coming in and taking on as much work. And most women who are pregnant, in fact, I think, are just a lot of women, right? They end up compensating and doing a little bit more because they do not want people to have these perceptions. So I mm. think as, as men, um, as, as people who are in senior positions, and this could be men and women both, right? Like if you're in senior positions, you're hiring. I think it's important to recognize that, that uh, a young woman uh, can be as committed to her career and, uh, you know, as driven and as ambitious yeah. and as hardworking yeah. as any young man can be. And if she chooses to have a family, that shouldn't be a reason to uh, right. you know, in some way punish her for, for a very important decision that she's taking with her partner. Yeah. And I think, I think this is changing like with time uh, right now, uh, we see the positives also happening. I think by the time uh, people like you come in power, probably by you know, 45, 46 and you know, you take in the senior level roles, then I think that's the phase when the transition starts kicking in. Uh, and you know, by that time, probably uh, the Gen Z would be probably in the millennial stage and the millennials will be probably in the, uh, I don't know, the boom X stage or whatever. So I think that is a time uh, when this transition will happen and then probably the stereotypes will go away for good. For sure, for sure, for sure. And, and I would honestly say this, that like, I think it gets better with every generation, right? Like I see a lot of young folks right now and say like you are part of um, uh, Generation Z and like a lot of, uh, I think more young men now are more sensitive to these issues Right. are open to having a conversation about this yeah, and say yeah. people from my parents' generation, right? Or like our 100%. grandparents' generation. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely think that, um, you know, things are changing. Like my husband is definitely a more involved father and he's very hands-on than say men, a previous generation or a generation before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I do, um, you know, have a lot of optimism that um, slowly we may come close to solving this problem. I don't know if we'll fully solve it, but hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when my daughter is working, uh, things should be a little different for right 100% 100% right uh, in between the many twitter posts i've read of yours uh, the one that stuck to me was one which you know talked about authenticity and saying true to yourself and that's something one can relate to for like during big part of our college I, like i just probably i just finished college because of coronavirus it delayed but i almost mm-hmm. finished college and otherwise we spend you know trying to be someone else we wear this different mask around friends we try mm-hmm. to be cool we want to be xyz person in front of this and all that so how do you maintain that standard of realness and how do you propose others practice the same got it so i think one one big principle that i i believe in is something called radical candor which is like complete and open and true honesty um, so being, it comes from this whole place that, you know, if I'm authentic and if I could tell you how I feel and why I feel that mm-hmm. way at some level, you know, it will also make me more vulnerable that means I'm just more, you know, a more honest, full human to you and at work or in a social setting, you end up just making friends with people who, you know, bring that true self to that friendship or that work or even a relationship, right? Where you're like, these are my insecurities. This is how I truly believe, think of a topic. And I think, how does one do it? It's really hard, right? First first of all, I graduated undergrad 10 years back and it's taken me about 10 years to get to here after my undergrad. And I still try my best to implement it, but still sometimes struggle, right? When mm-hmm. I was in my early 20s, uh, when I was in my undergrad, I think a big, a big burden we place on ourselves, uh, popular culture tells us, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's you know, to be popular, to be yeah. super likable, 
and as a result um you sometimes uh, you know like i know now if i think back i remember an incident in undergrad where i was with a group of friends and and i always played sports so i was always like yeah. you know i was considered part whatever like i i was still i was never considered oh you're geeky or super awkward but, but but still i remember this moment where one of my friends you know made a comment against somebody else and it was it was not a very nice comment to make and people were just laughing i think at a certain level you could call it bullying mm-hmm. and i just felt deeply uncomfortable about it that at that time and i have a massive regret that i never said anything at that point yeah because of the same reason that you know you're like hey the person will be like why can't you just take a joke just you know ease up a little bit yeah yeah and so to to your point i think it's it's a journey and it's hard right like like as an 18 19 year old uh i think even the other person on the other end has less maturity to deal with complete honesty versus when you will be in your late 20s or early 30s mm. so the only thing that i tell people is that remember that in life uh, you know nobody has as many friends in real life as the number of friends you have on facebook or or you know like your followers on twitter or i guess you know instagram snapchat whatever all the new things that um, you know the younger people are on you you need a few friends in life who you can be completely honest and truthful with and if you feel like you have to wear a mask in front of someone or fake something about yourself then honestly that's not going to last very long and it's not really worth um keeping that facade going for too long right so if you're just yeah. hanging out with a bunch of friends in college because you know that makes you by association cool or or for whatever reason but you genuinely don't like being with them you don't agree with how they mostly are you feel a sense of discomfort every time or you feel like you've got to hide a certain aspect of who you are yeah. or it could also be where you come from right maybe you're like hey in front of them I, or my parents don't feel as cool as their parents but i'm hiding who my parents are and i never want to introduce my friends to them then i think that's a good time for you to introspect and and realize uh, whether you even want to invest in this uh, right because sooner rather than later this friendship or uh this relationship mm. will break down so i think yeah. the sooner one can and it's a muscle right the sooner you can practice being honest uh having difficult conversations with people being authentic the easier it will get yeah, yeah. it takes time right like i i don't think you need to be hard at yourself like i'm still there but not fully there um i still sometimes get this into this trap of wanting to be likable uh and i have to really fight that urge and truly tell somebody that you know what uh i disagree with this uh, viewpoint strongly or or yes. what you told that person wasn't really nice i think it takes yeah. time to get there right so i think this happens because you know uh even if you are confident enough uh, in you know taking a stand or whatever you think that sometimes that person is not mature enough in understanding what you're trying to say and then you know they'll be they'll have a negative picture of yours and sometimes that personally stops me Mm-hmm. no and and that's completely fair right and in life i think one one thing that in, in fact i took a business school course uh, school uh, in business school i took a course uh, in this uh, around negotiations and a large part of you know what we learned in that course was how you must always understand that what is the unsaid things that the other person saying right so um, i don't mean when i say be authentic that you be rude or you just you know hurt somebody i think you framed it well like understand uh, you know why they are being that way and then yeah be able to step aside and have a honest conversation with them by saying look i understand that you did this for abc reasons but it mm-hmm. made me discomfort uncomfortable for 
you know whatever one two three yeah. reasons and yeah. if that person can you know still continue to be your friend or learn from that grow from that that's great but if the person exactly. you yeah. know refuses yeah. to acknowledge you and then then that's okay that's that's you know you should be okay in life because life's a long journey and you will meet the kind of people 100% um, uh, yeah. who you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're you're happy with you don't have to kind of settle yeah 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 got it I think this is where a lot of teenagers suffer a lot. <laughs> But anyway, uh, moving on to the next one. Uh, I think this was this was my favorite block. Uh, this is the W curve block, and I wanted a couple of minutes and talk about that because uh, I think mm-hmm. it's very enlightening and it was an eye opener for me personally. So could you perhaps you know just uh, elaborate a bit on it and also tell me about the kind of attitude we as teenagers or maybe uh, young adults should adopt. uh when you know on each of the phases which you have pointed out in the w curve what we should be doing versus what we should like what we should be away from and all that sure so so um, you know the the w curve again this is just me uh putting some thoughts into it a lot of people talk about how life is a roller coaster etc yeah, yeah and yeah. i was just um, um i just was literally staring at one of those play mats that my daughter has with alphabets and then i started looking at it and i said you know what um if i think about most people i know be it famous people be it myself my friends my you know my my cousins my my parents etc everybody's life is kind of followed this this up and down trajectory and the more and more i thought about it the more it resembled a w so essentially what what i call um, you know point a which is the beginning of this curve i i framed it as you know the highest high in the sense that for all of us i think the fact that we're all alive the fact that you know we survived in our mom, mother's wombs for 9 months um, mm-hmm. you know had a safe birth um, were lived have been healthy and just arrived in the world yeah itself you you've beaten so many odds that i think every individual just needs to be proud of the fact that they're just there right like i know like a lot of us don't feel like we did anything to come here but just the fact that through you can call it science and you know you can call it us uh, people can believe in spirituality whatever it is something helped us reach here by beating massive odds and i say that's the beginning of everybody's life yeah. and quite honestly once you get born why why the w because i feel like life kind of goes starts going down right like every day becomes for you a little harder right when you're a baby Sorry, yeah. each day yeah each day is a little harder than the last right mm-hmm. uh, you you become you know a toddler and infant an infant a toddler you start going to school and life just people start expecting things from you um, yeah. um you know you're you're not everything you do is not cute uh, you have to start learning to take responsibility etc for yourself and i and i feel that uh, obviously the slope how fast this happens totally depends on a lot of things from you know your financial situation that you're born into to the kind of family you're in to the country yeah. you're born into to even the time right like somebody born in 1940 versus 2005 um, there are significant differences in uh, in just their experience also so so then i feel somewhere close to maybe like in india right class 11th class 12th i think most people reach what i call as at the bottom point of that the first line of the yeah. w uh, which is uh, you know you're almost at ground zero in the sense that at that at this point i think for most of us uh, there is a lot of pressure um you really don't know what your life is going to look like 10 years hence uh, society expects things from you your parents expect things from you uh and and you know it's it's the first time when you start um, 
figuring out that you have to do things to make things happen, right? Like your parents, a big reason for going to a certain school is your parents' effort, but the kind of college you go to is your effort. I mean, it's, it's a general statement, of course, privilege comes into play where, you know, your parents, if they could afford tuitions for you, if they could uh, yeah, have yeah. the money to pay fees, etc. But yeah. in general, but in yeah. general, like it's, it's, I think at this point, uh, most people are a little, you know, you've got to kind of take responsibility for yourself. And then I think most people figure things out, right? Like 11, 12, um, there is a little bit of chaos in your life. You don't know where you'll end up, but most people end up somewhere. And I think the beauty of being humans is we're super adaptive. Um, and then you realize you're like, I'm in this mm-hmm. situation and how do I make the best of the situation? And so that's when I say you're, you know, on this um, upward trajectory, you know, I call it the cusp of adulthood and you start right. uh, rising up, right? You suddenly now started realizing that uh, there are other ways in which I can make my mark, except just the degree my college presents me. You know, some people at this point, there are people who literally start companies, there are people who start taking uh, start getting involved in other kinds of extracurriculars that their college allows them to they get their first real taste of you know adult freedom where you truly have um, a lot more agency on your life uh, right. yeah, than yeah, you ever yeah. did and it's a scary Relatable. confusing time but it's in general a happy time right yeah yeah so yeah. so 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 when you kind of uh, when you're on this upward uh, trajectory then then you according to me you reach this uh, C point. Uh, which is when you're trying to, um, you know, this is the point where you've kind of finished college. For a lot of people, this coincides with their first job uh, where you almost, you know, um, got a great first job and you walk in feeling like you're on top of the world, right? I think this happened with a lot of people. It happened with me. You graduate college, you're the senior in college, you know, a lot of people have leadership positions or, you just think that you know a lot more about the world than exactly. people years <laughs> yeah. older than you do. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you just feel like I don't understand, you know, why they don't get it. And so you walk into a job feeling pretty good. And then so also relatable. saying that everybody <laughs> above me is an idiot. Yeah. So like yeah. like and that I could do this much better if only you'd kind of give me that power, right? But it's in general a good feeling to have, <laughs> right? You're at the at the top of the world. And you're pretty yeah. convinced that I'm in my early twenties. By the time I'm thirty, like, you know, I'll be like um, one of the youngest, whatever, I'll be on Forbes 30 under 30 and I'll make <laughs> my first million and I'll be driving these cars and I'll j- just, because the world paints this yeah, crazy yeah. success story that you, uh, I guess start believing this myth and it's, it's a good place to be in life, right? You're making some money and no responsibility is a good place. And then, and then what happens is now you're on the, you know, the, the decline again, where slowly, slowly you realize you know, each with each passing day, as you keep coming closer to whatever that cutoff in your head was, it could be 30, it could be 35, that, you know, I will probably not be a CEO before I'm 35. I will probably not make my first million. I may not buy my own house by the time I'm 35, you know, like mm. life just starts becoming a little hard. You suddenly realize that uh, there are people smarter than you, right? Um, yeah. And and for most people, you'll realize that, you know, your life will be by conventional standards average in the sense that you may do wonderful things but you may not be the next Steve Jobs right you may not be the most famous person in the world or the richest person in the world at a certain age and I think that kind of takes people depending on how hard you rationalize these and how much you uh, uh, you know try and frame your life with what society expects you kind of reach what I call a midlife crisis hmm. somewhere in your 30s 40s you know you're literally at the bottom 
where a lot of people start feeling that now, you know, by that time you've got some uh, illness as it started creeping in your body, doesn't behave the same way it did when it was 20. You start thinking that, okay, maybe my time on earth is limited. I'll probably be working for another few, you know, another yeah. two, three decades at max. But I may not be somebody who the world will remember, right? Like I'm not going to be someone that people may talk about 200 years from now. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like once you reach there, people that are who have not managed to stay stuck there, a lot of people I know kind of end up being stuck there, right? They just can't seem to get themselves out from that. They keep thinking that, you know, if I was younger, I could, I would have done this. And I actually am doing a career that I have no interest in. Mm. Um, I am not passionate about my job. I'm now just working for money, uh, you know, because I've now got a family and children, etc. So I think the best way to get out of that and kind of go back up on the last line of the W, right, is, is when you um, start shifting what I call the locus of control from external to internal, right? So this is basically you start defining your own metrics of success mm. and you start believing that you control your own life yeah. and you do not live a life that other people define or, or start attributing yeah. success yeah. and failure to outside influences. So what I mean by this is that you, you know, like who's to say that you need to have so many crores in your bank balance to be happy, right? You could find happiness or who's to say you want, you need to have a child to find happiness, right? You, you are somebody that can say that, you know what, I actually enjoy reading. I'm going to live in a small town. I'm going to take care of my health. I don't want to work these crazy hours. And if the world may think I'm not successful, that's okay, because this is what gives me happiness. And this is how I define my happiness. I think that's what, he- what helps you start going back up on that last leg of the W. Yeah. Because... I think the thing that I have realized from just thinking and talking to people who are, you know, older than me is that if you are going to run after what society expects or how they define success, it's like a mirage you're running after, right? The closer you will come to it, the further it will again move from you, right? So it's, you'll keep like chasing something, Mm. which is not, you're never going to attain that. So whatever gives you happiness and if, if making tons of money gives you happiness, so be it, right? As long as you truly feel that gives you happiness and not because you want to, you know, do better than five friends and, and you want to enjoy that feeling. So I think that kind of helps you um, get back up on the W curve. And then in the end, I, I basically say that very few people reach that point, uh, which is, you know, point E almost at the same level of the high you feel when you're born, where, um, you know, you're, you're very content with what you've done in the world. You realize that just having been a good human being spent those years on planet Earth, you've made some people's lives better just by, um, you know, their association with you, um, you realize that, you know, that's a life well spent. Like you don't have to be super famous or super rich, but just somebody who uh, yeah. has, um, you know, actual actual realities in the past. Uh, uh, people who've um, really like fulfilled some potential. They found some meaning in their life. And, you know, that your that story of your life has been realized and nobody can remove that from your Right. from um, you know their memory yeah 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 i think this was very very uh, beautifully put i think this this the whole w curve concept that you wrote it's it's a very good uh, generalized look at life like an average person's life would be like that and when you uh, specifically mentioned right now like the last 30% of that you know the internal and all that going inwards and uh, 
looking inwards and realizing mm. what you actually want that i think a lot of people never ever realize or attain and i think meditation spirituality is a major uh, part of it like i am into meditation uh, since like almost a year now and that is it's so so relatable to me whatever you're saying be it the you know uh, i just uh, graduated and i realize uh, I, i could relate to that thing you know I, i really felt back in second year that okay i'm i'm huge guy i'm this guy i have so many positions and meko sab aata hai and slowly slowly because if if i wouldn't have meditated i would have completely be that guy that you were mentioning i would be like okay i know everything i can do everything but now meditating looking mm-hmm. inwards at this age i realize you know that uh, okay this is not going to happen the way i think i am and i have to come out of that bubble so yeah that was uh, really really uh, well put right uh, again Thank so you. i think the listeners if if they can just listen to this question and understand that that would be uh, the best usp they can take out of this podcast <laughs> so the next big question from a 2021 year old perspective is the mba question right now you have done your mba from the university of toronto uh mba exams are open for registration again and there is a big looming question about the worth need and you know impact of an mba especially after the pandemic has happened and that everything is going online what are your thoughts on mba right now so i mean obviously the pandemic has changed a few things um i think the biggest value that i found from an mba Yeah. is the connections and the networks you yeah, make yeah. Uh, simply because uh, you know a lot of the global mbas uh, the mbas that happen in north america you have people coming from all over the world i think just meeting like in my own class there were people from i think about 39 40 countries and wow. it's pretty amazing spending two years of your life uh, in a bubble with them because to to learn uh, i mean honestly like right now with the internet like everything is available on the internet right you can get some of the best teachers in the world Uh, teaching uh, courses online, you can read a couple of books. You get that theoretical knowledge. I think the true value of an MBA hmm. is is pretty much the networks that you build. And personally, I think a lot of the value comes from in person being with people because that's where you learn some of the soft skills. You learn, you know, how to work with different people um, hmm. together, how to collaborate. So, if your MBA is going to be pretty much spent on Zoom. I don't know if the cost of an MBA justifies you going there. Yeah, unless you, I think, are going to an MBA school, which is you know the top five in the country that you choose to go. Yeah. And uh, if it's the kind of school that um, will help you get the roles you want, so supposing you really want to break into tech, then make sure the alumni from that school is working in that industry, etc. Right? There might still be some value, but personally, I would. Uh, um i mean for most of your listeners if these are people in their early 20s i'd anyway recommend that you know spend a few years working um i don't think going to an mba school right after your undergrad makes a lot of sense because mm. a lot of things in the mba the value doesn't come so much from learning what accounting or economics i think the value comes more from you know the softer aspect of how do you manage people how do you negotiate how do you deal with ethical uh, dilemmas etc and mm. you can only truly understand those questions and participate on those discussions and learn if you've uh, you know had some real world experience so i think for most people especially like listeners of your podcast i'm assuming this queue a little younger okay. i would i would suggest that you know ride out the pandemic do what you're doing right now uh, give it a couple of years and at that point evaluate and see uh, whether 
spending that kind of money um, you know two years of your life will give you the experience you are looking for got it yeah i think that uh, networking and networking from the perspective of the tech thing that you mentioned the example of tech that you gave that is, that i think was new to me as well that made a lot of sense right so uh, as you mentioned before as i mentioned before like you're a mom which is more than a full time job so how do you balance that like how do you maintain a healthy ratio between family and work you know between giving time to others and taking time for yourself as well and then also mm-hmm. shifting to a new country i think that's uh, task above task above task above task so and big task sure right? so so yeah so the shifting to a new country happened four years back so full disclosure like i i came to canada in 2016 and i was well settled in canada uh you know i became a mom earlier this year so i was well settled in canada uh and then i became a mom uh, so again shifting to a new country we can talk about it but as i started by saying i think just being an army kid yeah, really helps yeah, yeah, coming yeah. to a new country as a student also really helps right because you're starting a new program with like in my case like 349 other people from around the world so it really just helped me settle in and uh it's like college life again right like as an mba person so we were doing exactly the kind of things i mean uh, you're a lot older but still you're exploring the city you've got a bunch of friends that you meet um so it's it's a lot easy to uh, kind of transition in uh, to a new country yeah. as a student and i think i was lucky to do that um your question around how do i manage time so so that's hard um i've been a mom now for 5 months and quite honestly it's a skill i think um in my case um i obviously super lucky to have a great great partner in my husband who i mean fully takes responsibility also for a child so it's not like i am um you know overwhelmed as a mother of course a lot of things only i right now can do for my child like feed her etc that my husband cannot and i do end up being a little bit more because uh you know i'm the one who's right now on maternity leave but he's soon going to be taking paternity leave also okay. um wow. so i think yeah. the best way to the best way to manage time um for most people is is that you know first of all be honest about how much you can realistically do so hmm. not having a child i i could i think what changes is that now my life is a little bit more unpredictable while previously i could say that i'm going to get up at 7 go to the gym come back eat my breakfast and you know sit down and do work for four mm. hours i think now i cannot happen as per my plan like crying or she she needs a change of her diaper she's being fussy it just means that i have to uh, you know be super agile and kind of pivot and, and change what i need to do and and the second um, reason around uh, you know how do i manage my time right now is that i know if i've got like four hours of free time right i choose so i know say reading gives me some joy so i'll prioritize that over watching tv or you know working out uh, is important to me so i'll take maybe one hour out hour out for an exercise or sometimes if i have to do household work um like say doing dishes or or vacuuming etc i'll listen yeah. to a podcast and do it so i i don't feel like um, okay. so i feel like you know i got something out of it versus mm. i was just like washing dishes right so yeah. i think a little bit of it is uh, how do you uh, plan things around a little bit and what do you you decide that if i have limited time what is important to me and prioritize that and then finally i think personally for me uh, you know keeping a task list is important so everything that i want to do from uh, you know maybe it could be reading it could be exercising it could be 
getting some kind of work done i make sure that broadly i every sunday evening i plan my week ahead and i think about what is it that i want to do and then that helps me kind of stay accountable to myself i have a big whiteboard in my house on which i kind of put down big um, you know yeah almost yeah. like to do big, big chunks yeah, of things yeah. i want to do yeah and yeah and, and then uh, luckily for me once my daughter sleeps i know i get about 2 3 hours to myself and i try and do most of my work then i mean right now i am on maternity leave so it makes it a little easy once i go back to work uh, the plan is to you know get some kind of child child care help uh, so that i can go back and work 8 9 hours awesome awesome got it so the second last question uh, that i would want to ask you is three books you would recommend anybody to read three books so three podcast think, uh, whatever one book that i think yeah sure so i think uh, so it could be like a mix of just three things i'd recommend right got it so so i think one book that i would definitely encourage everybody to read is a victor frankl's man search for me oh love it uh, yeah yeah it's it's just a yeah it's, it's a phenomenal book and i think it's yeah. it's a it's a it's a tough read because if uh, you know somebody talking about the experiences in a concentration camp but i think mm. the book is not about that you've read it um, and it really is about uh, you know how uh, our life without purpose is not really a life worth yeah. living and i think yeah. it's a beautiful book to read and, 100% and everybody uh, it's a small everybody book should, everybody should read should, yeah um, everybody should read it for sure and um the other thing uh, to your point like podcast so personally for me i'll i'll see a book a podcast and maybe uh, maybe a blog so yeah. um podcast i really really enjoy like uh, i i enjoy knowing about what's happening in the world of tech and there is this podcast called pivot um okay. which is by kara uh, swisher who's a journalist in the us and scott mm-hmm. galloway who's okay. a new york um, university nyu stern professor it's just a lot of fun there there are two people who you know are very honest in their assessment uh, i think um, just listening to them is a lot of fun so you should definitely give that uh, podcast a listen if you are someone who enjoys uh, listening to um, you know tech and then uh, one uh, blog that i personally really really enjoy reading i mean is is if you again this is if you enjoy uh, tech it's called strategy so it's spelled s t r a t e c h e r y strategy by ben thomas okay it's a pretty interesting blog where you know he he covers a lot of things around business strategy and technology right so again um, super um, super interesting and um, i've always enjoyed that and as a bonus just because these are like two blogs that i always recommend yeah. to people Yeah. So I know you asked for three, but I'm gonna sh- just like yeah, sneak yeah, in yeah. another one. Is <laughs> yeah. another another blog that I love reading. It's called Wait But Why. So it's uh, by this person called Tim Irwin. Uh, mm. Super interesting. So he goes yeah. really really deep into like wait, really interesting topics. Everything from you know how to yeah, it's called Wait But Why. Like everything around you know uh, how to break your life in weeks and what makes you you or you know how to think about your life. or uh, just really interesting topics i mean he's covered a bunch of topics around yeah, elon yeah, musk yeah. it's it's not necessarily about tech it's a lot more in the genre of just somebody you know introspecting and thinking and it's a lot of fun it's a very easy read so right. i always recommend um, those this two is a book. to people is this a book wait no, but wait but why is also no it's it's a blog okay blog it's right. a blog i think he's going to write a book but as of right now it's like a blog you can sign up for the newsletter and you and you know, every time he writes a new article you get it in your inbox 
Got it. Got it. All right. So it has been wonderful talking to you, and I would like to conclude this on a very high note. And since this is the many adult troubles, what would be your three life lessons to the graduating students face to today who are facing an uncertain future due to the pandemic? I got it. So, I, so first of all, you know, uh, besides saying obviously congratulations, it's a big thing to be <laughs> done with your undergrad and to be entering, yeah. entering the world. So congratulations, and you know. take a minute to pat yourself on the back for uh, all your accomplishments so far yeah. i think uh, the first first big thing to remember is that uh, you know this too shall pass uh, nothing stays constant i think one thing in life the longer you live uh, you realize that uh, mm. every uh, no feeling is final and nothing stays constant so if right now you feel that you know things are really tough or you are you're feeling like uh, this is never going to end uh, know this for sure and have faith in you know the collective humanity that this situation that we find ourselves in uh, will will end the second thing that i'd uh, tell people who are graduating is that even though your formal education might end um, you know right now with with the fact that you've got a degree never really let uh, curiosity and your love for learning end that right? mm-hmm. like make sure that you keep that alive for as long as yeah. you're living because that will truly help you um you know be excited about life uh, know what's happening in the world just always the way a baby watches the world with just wonder just mm, you know ha- right. have that learner's mindset on Definitely. always uh, you know be curious about things and always always keep learning and and then just the last thing would just be have fun right like life is again too short uh, we're we're all uh, on planet earth for a very small time if you think about it in the big cosmos of things and if you are not enjoying what you are doing if you are not having fun if you are not happy with who you are with it's really not worth suffering through it so um you know the last thing is just make sure that um, you don't forget that smiling laughing uh, and just having fun with what you do is also super important got it all right thank you so much rashi for doing this podcast i had a blast honestly the you, you, this this podcast was super inspirational and the uh, throughout the question the w curve the talk about the uh, you know the gender equality and all that and even the mba thing i i really really enjoyed the podcast i hope you did too and i hope all the listeners will enjoy this as well thank you so much i'll list down rashi's handles i'll list down her twitter handle she posts amazing content almost daily i think multiple times per day so do check out that do follow her and also sign up for her newsletter uh, i just signed up yesterday i think and the w curve and all those blogs are super interesting so thank you rashi thank you so much ayush wonderful talking to you yeah all right guys i'll see you next week bye thank you